0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and welcome to the show where we dig deeper to understand what really matters most in business. And if you've been a watcher or listener of this program for any time now, you know that one of the things that really matters most in business is leadership. And today we're gonna be talking about the ROI of leadership development with Ramona Shaw, who's the author of The Confident and Competent New Manager and host of the Manager Track podcast. Ramona, welcome to Behind the Numbers.
1: Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Dave. Yeah,
0: it's my pleasure. We'll talk about your book at, at some point during the uh, the show here. I, I definitely wanna dive into that. But I, I mentioned that the topic of the program is the ROI of leadership development. So let, let's start to unpack that. And let me ask you first and foremost, what is your definition of leadership?
1: Yeah, this is a good question, because I think uh, you know we see a lot of leaders out there in the world, but when it comes to leadership in an organization, we're really looking to, and in my world, um, we're trying to get results through relationships, through other people, Um, influence, uh, through support, we're helping them grow and learn. And through those relationships is how we achieve business objectives, Um, as well as creating a workplace. And I think this is really important in this day of age, creating a a workplace where people wanna come to work and where they feel like they can thrive, and it's upon the leader to make that happen.
0: Yeah, so in your, in your world, as you say, you're working with leaders and aspiring leaders. Talk us through a little bit of the kinds of things that you're doing to help develop the appropriate leadership skills that they'll need to take into their day-to-day.
1: Yeah, so I help uh, I often help managers who've just been promoted uh, step into that realm of leadership and shift away from the, the sort of the, the mindset that they had, the habits, the behaviors, the thoughts that they used to cultivate as individual contributors and that made them really successful to then shift gear and look at what does, makes me successful as a leader. And because so much of someone's early career is about developing an expertise, being a problem solver, being the go-to person, being the one who feels at the end of the day they were productive because they got a lot of stuff done and are able to scratch it off their to-do list. As a leader, it is a lot less about the actual expertise. It is a lot less about getting stuff done for yourself or as as an individual, and a lot more about that team building aspect, the team development aspect, the results through others, as I said, and it requires a different set of skills. So as we're transitioning or moving into leadership and growing as leaders, we have to um, focus on coaching more and supporting others more and developing them, making them stronger versus giving advice and focusing on holding the expertise ourselves. We have to focus more on influencing and setting direction. than we have on uh, looking for direction or asking for what to do, right it's sort of really shifting gear and, and taking a more proactive uh, stance. Uh, we have to delegate a lot more than that, what we own uh, and what we do. And as a result of these different approaches to work, uh, there are a lot of different skills, communication skills that we need, uh, people skills that we need, in, uh, influence that we need to consider, and different ways that we see ourselves adding value to the organization. That's a big part of it.
0: Yeah, and when you talk about new managers, so in my world in the consulting space that I grew up in, you know, folks enter the organization as an analyst or an associate and as you said, Through their technical acumen, they get to a level where they're promoted, and one day they're called manager, and now they're responsible for managing people. And I saw a statistic, and I I mentioned this a couple of times in in some of the work that I've done, um, that when folks in the U.S. are promoted to the U.S. or to promoted to manager, it's around the age of thirty, but they don't typically get their first management training until another decade. Talk about the damage that's done during that window of time where you've got these newly minted managers who have no experience on leadership other than what they've seen and observed from folks that they've worked with who may not have been exemplary leaders.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And actually to build on that statistics of that, you know, being in a leadership role for 10 years before taking leadership training, um, Provo also published a study or a statistic that says 87% of managers wished they had received more leadership training early on. So they are fully aware of the pain and the struggles that they had to go through. And um, we also see this especially with new managers where, according to Gartner, um, 60% of new managers fail or underperform within their first two years on the job, which is a staggering number if you think about it. And and I can confirm this from the conversation that I have with new managers how challenging this is of a time because not only is are all eyes on them right their team members are looking to them their peers are trying to see how they're doing their bosses have a stake in their success everyone wants them to be successful there's a lot of pressure there but we don't train them it's like saying to someone and i grew up skiing all my life and it's it's kind of the analogy of telling someone who is an adult now um I'm gonna drop you off at the top of this mountain this is you know a black one here down the slope that you're gonna go down I wish you good luck here's a pat on the back congratulations you made it to the top I'll meet you down there and not only will they struggle and feel exhausted and get hurt likely along the way but they'll also hurt the people that are on the slope with them they'll bump into them um and it's that damage and the ripple effect that it has when people aren't equipped to navigate the new challenges and these responsibilities, and the, and and the helping them uh, develop the competencies needed in order to lead a team well, where people feel engaged, motivated, um, have the sense of self-accountability, and and want to win and and support each other because they feel that trust with the leader and the bond. Uh, So the damage is is twofold, right? On one hand, it's on the manager and their reputation, their ability to be effective if they don't learn the skill the same way that they learned any other skill in the past, the technical skills, for example, the hard skills. It's that same process. Um, And if they're not equipped and not trained, they will not be effective or not nearly as effective as they could be if they were introduced to leadership development. And at the same time that the if you look at the damage that can get created is we see disengagement, we see low retention rates, we see um, lower performance, low morale, there are all these ripple effects that we see then spread across the organization as a result of of managers who want to do a good job, but are not equipped and not aware of what's working and what isn't working.
0: Yeah, so they mean well, but uh, still doing damage. And I've spent probably the last eight years or so of my life trying to connect the dots between the value of a business and the value that people contribute to that value of a business. And Mm -hmm. it it starts with leadership, right? To, To foster the culture, to get the employee engagement, to get everybody rowing in the same direction, in the right direction. And it does manifest in a greater business value if you're doing those right things. So I'm very curious to get your perspective on the ROI of leadership development. I think you just alluded to it with some of the negatives, but why don't you talk about some of the positive things that you've seen as a result of performing the appropriate training to these managers
1: yeah and you know i'm going to highlight a specific example this is a fairly common one but a specific example that highlights what can happen when someone is uh, exposed to leadership training or coaching Uh, as a client i work with they had they came to me and said i have a time management issue which is very common as leaders there's a lot of things that they're responsible for And uh, it it sort of multiplies in an exponential way, right? So if you're an individual contributor, you got your scope of responsibilities. You take on a team. Now you have to keep track of and respond to a a, a exponential degree of of work. Um, And so time management is one of those first signs uh, something is going wrong. It's like we're not feeling well. Our skin will show a rash, right? That's kind of the time management issue. This particular client was convinced it was a time management issue. They need to figure out how to uh, not be so distracted, not be pulled in too many directions, be more focused and manage their time better. What I noticed fairly on that this person is, in fact, it wasn't a time management issue. It was the fact that this person created a bunch of dependencies with their team members. So instead of empowering them, delegating work, keeping track of the work, but not trying to be involved in the problem solving, or for people to depend on them as a leader to give them answers to all the questions was the big thing. And so uh, realizing here is the root cause of the stress that you're and the the problems that you're dealing with. And we're not trying superficially to introduce time management tactics. We're looking at the root cause of it, which is often in that leadership, uh, leadership part of how do you lead and train and grow your team members and how can you remove some of these dependencies so you can free up your time to focus on being a proactive leader, thinking more strategically, influencing on a broader scale. And that happens through, uh, like I said, you you delegate more, you let people own their work, even if that is not as good as your work would be, you learn to accept that there's different ways to go about solving a problem. And this particular client, uh, as a result of it, gained about five hours back each week, which if you just look at the ROI of that, it's huge, right? Five hours of work that this person could either use to work strategically to move forward those bigger projects or to set goals and support the team, or simply to cut their workload and prevent burnout. And it's a small shift. These are not the big, these not even big drastic moves. But if you think about leadership development and every leader in the organization and what is the thing that gets them stuck and holds back their level of influence and we unblock that, it has a ripple effect um, in, a, in, a, in a multitude of the investment that you, a multiple factor the investment that you made.
0: Yeah, i like that you characterized it in the context of time right it's it's the one limited resource we that we have and when you think about time being money then there you go ramona we're coming up against a commercial break but before we do why don't you tell the audience how they can find you if they want to learn more about you or work with you
1: yeah uh is my website the book uh, that you just mentioned the confident and competent new manager is Uh, Available on my uh, website or also on Amazon and uh, Find Me on LinkedIn and and Let's Connect.
0: Great. We're going to talk about the book when we come back. Ramona, you sit tight. You watching and listening at home, don't go anywhere. We're going to pay a few bills and we'll be right back after this quick break. Aloha. Joe Silva here with Kakua Technologies. I'm excited to see you on Tuesdays on Morning Coffee for our tech tips. Let's face it, lawyers get a bad rap. I'm Erin Bruschi, host of Legal Breakdown, where we dissect legal topics for the everyday viewer. With a mix of interesting guests to talk about current events and hot legal topics, let's work together to make the law accessible and relevant to everyone. Catch us every week on RVN Television. A stroke can be easy to detect. A loved one can't speak. Perhaps they can't move. But there's another sign of a stroke that many of us can't see. It's called spatial neglect and it can occur during or after a stroke, causing distorted visual movements. Fortunately, there's a solution by using optical prism technology during rehabilitation. If you or a loved one have experienced a stroke, ask your doctor about spatial neglect. Spatial neglect. See the whole picture at KesslerFoundation.org. And welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking about the ROI of leadership development with Ramona Shaw. And Ramona, I want to talk about the book, The The Confident and Competent New Manager. Um, As we were saying during the break, many, many new managers are neither confident nor competent. Tell us about the book, what inspired you to write it, and, and what can we learn from it?
1: Yeah, there are sort of two big, big messages that I wanted to share with the book. One is to answer how do we grow as leaders, and this is what I refer to as uh, the APS method to what to leadership development. Um, on one hand, for anyone, regardless of, the, of where they are in the organization in terms of rank or seniority, we have to constantly be on that path of building awareness, and it's a responsibility even more so for a leader because. Blind spots impact not only their reputation and themselves and their effectiveness, but also everyone else on the team. So this sense of of self-awareness and awareness of the people we work with is key. The second part is principles. Um, So this is the P in the APS method. And how do we what what are the guiding principles and principles are kind of like values in action? We know from famous people, um, Colin Powell, for example, has very publicly his 13 rules of leadership. online but every leader should have their guiding principles and developing those will make them more consistent more reliable and allows them to make better decisions because they're grounded in their leadership pr- principles they're not the same for every person but every person should develop them as leaders uh, and then the last part is the system the s developing your leadership systems so and the routines that you build the habits and patterns such as team meetings one-on-one meetings career conversations um 306090 plans for onboarding, all those tools that you use to lead your team, form your system. And a lot of leaders are out there sort of reacting um, to the moment or trying to figure things out or pick up what their, what, what their former boss or their current boss does without really thinking through what works best for them and what does the team need. Uh, And so those are the three key pillars that I highlight in the book and the message that I wanted to bring across to encourage leaders to spend time to make that financial investment, but most of all the time and the effort to develop and continuously develop their awareness, their principles and their system.
0: Yeah, I like it's kind of building your own personal mission statement for what your leadership objectives are. You, you You use the word blind spots. Uh, Talk a little bit about what are some of the common blind spots that you're seeing and and why are new managers failing?
1: Uh, Yeah, and I think this is exactly sort of that second message of um, new managers who think, and and I personally have gone through this myself too, where I was promoted and I thought, great, um, I guess I'm doing something right. So keep doing what I have done in the past because that was successful and that's what got me promoted. And so for me, it was very much um, being results focused, being trying to optimize productivity, getting things done fast, and that was my approach. And so I was promoted and I thought, I'll just keep doing more of that. And I'm gonna try to cultivate a team who does that as well, which completely missed the point um, of actually creating a team where my strength was complemented by other strength and we get together as a team are better. Now, the blind spot is me not recognizing that I was having, as I was looking at this in a very ineffective way. Uh, I thought I was doing the right thing. I wanted to do a good job. So it wasn't a factor of intent or a problem of intent. It wasn't that I um, felt lost or felt like I'm failing. I felt like I was doing the right thing and I was doing it well. Turns out it's very demotivating for other people to work with someone who only sees like one way and this way is my way and you better follow suit. And you you try to become more like me. And this was the unintentional message that I was sending um, often the indirect message that I was sending. And blind spots are exactly those things. It's just one example uh, of of how we mean to do well. We don't realize that actually the impact on other people is not at all what we would sign up for and what we want to create.
0: Yeah, great points. One of the things that new managers experience is as they're transitioning to this leadership role, they're now leaving behind friends that they've worked with day to day who maybe didn't get the same promotion. How do you recommend a new manager navigate those relationships, you know, where they had these friendships and now they're in charge?
1: Yeah, and this is why right where the confidence part comes in because it's definitely going to create some self-doubt in people when they're now having to manage their former peers, for example, or they are now at a higher level and exposed to more information than their their former or current friends. And it creates weird dynamics and, and self-doubt will creep in uh, and oftentimes people will want to sort of create or not step on anyone's toes, so they may sort of sit back a little bit and try to be still friends, but that actually is counter effective in terms of their leadership effectiveness. So, yes, it's awkward embrace the fact that it's awkward uh, and it's uncomfortable, especially if you are now actually managing your former peers. um, And you're friends with them, the the best thing to do in such a situation is to just address it right up front and say, like, this is uncomfortable. This our relationship is naturally going to change a little bit. There are things that I can do and things that I need to do. And then there are things that I can no longer do or, or it's going to make me less effective as a leader. And so it's going to be for us to figure out what's that fine line. And I may at times say things such as you know, I'm going to put the manager hat on. And from the standpoint of the manager, here is what I need to share with you, or here is what I need uh, from you. And then at other times I might step in and say like, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be here as your friend. And as a friend, uh, here's how I would support you. Or here is what I suggest. Uh, but being really careful of the boundaries between the two and addressing them upfront uh, is is going to Give you the best. Is it awkward? Absolutely. We can't really we can't really get that out of the picture.
0: Yep, for sure. Overcoming that is, is definitely one of the challenges. Let me talk to you about building executive presence, right? So now we've got these young, newly minted managers, we're talking about building their confidence and their competence. Um, mm-hmm. having that air of executive presence as they're now conducting themselves in a the leadership role, maybe making presentations and, and interacting with executive level folks they didn't in the past. How do you get them up that curve so that they present themselves in that fashion?
1: Yeah, there are two ways. Um, one is to, what I find helps a lot for new managers is to have some sort of framework or or template in a in a way to go off. So the, the biggest challenges I see is if someone realizes I'm exposed to a completely new situation and I have nothing to hold on to. I, I don't actually know... I don't have a path, I, I, I feel a loss and so I'm navigating the moment and that often l- turns into um, sort of a, a less, less an ideal outcome. So I, I focus in my work with new managers and leaders, I focus on giving them frameworks, um, guidelines, sometimes it's tools, sometimes it's really even sort of a basic script to work off so that they realize this is good and this is bad. And I at least now understand the difference between the good and the bad, and I can now find my own way that feels right for me, but also is suitable for the situation. Uh, And and that is a big way that new managers or leaders find confidence because they expanded their awareness of what good and bad looks like that a lot of new managers simply don't have unless they've personally experienced the situation um, in the past. And then the second part is a little bit more internal when uh, new managers try to overcompensate for a lack of, of confidence, they turn out to show up and be perceived as arrogant. So that's not what we're shooting for. We're also not trying to get trying to show up very insecure because that would lose, that would sort of take away some of the trust or credibility that other people have in us. And that means when we show up, we want to come from a, just an internally strong place not trying to overcompensate for self-doubt not trying to demonstrate the self-doubt or insecurities but getting really clear i was promoted for a reason i have a seat at the table for a reason not because i'm the best but because i have a unique uh, perspective or a unique value to add to the conversation or to bring to the team and I'm going to be aware that and own the fact that I am in this unique position and I bring this unique strength skill while also acknowledging that that's not the be all. You know, th- this is not all of it. There are other perspectives that I don't know. There are always blind spots. There are always things I don't naturally see. And I have to leverage the strength and the information of those around me that will make us better. So balancing the humility. With the, um, with the self-confidence is, is key. And so this practicing curiosity and an open mindset will be super helpful.
0: Yeah, as, as I was listening to what you were saying, I was thinking that people should listen to this every day. You just What you just said uh, is if you snip the sound bite on that, snip that sound bite, you'll have an affirmation program that you can share with folks that they can listen to every day. Uh, Ramona we're coming down to the short strokes here just about out of time this is about maybe two or three more minutes here but I wanted to ask you one more question if I can and that's around office politics that that's uncharted territory for new managers and honestly for even folks who are more seasoned in leadership roles you know, politics can be quite confusing and challenging how do you help new managers in dealing with the politics of the role
1: yeah. On one hand, it's it's to recognise that's just part of it. Uh, in most organisations, um, not to not to um, try to resent it uh, or check out of it, but instead to get ahead of it. And getting ahead of it means to have an approach. And again, this is part of your system that you develop to manage stakeholders and relationships in the organization. So get ahead of it, understand how do I influence, how do I build these relationships? And then that usually feels a lot more authentic to people versus if they feel they're somehow manipulating because they don't fully care about the other person because they don't know the other person. So investing in the relationships upfront uh, being proactive and strategic about who to build these relationships with and what is, what are they pursuing and what am I and how do I create win-wins will be a good way, a positive way to sort of get introduced and, and step into the realm of office politics.
0: Yeah, and lots more to learn uh, in the book. Ramona, real quick, tell folks where they can get it and how they can connect with you.
1: Yeah, com forward slash book is where you find the book. You can also check it out on Amazon and best way to connect to probably be through LinkedIn Uh, you find me on the Ramona Shaw
0: that's great Ramona unfortunately we're out of time but I want to thank you so much for joining us today on behind the numbers
1: thank you so much for having me Dave
0: that's a pleasure we've been talking with Ramona Shaw be sure to check out her book especially if you are a new manager so her book is called the confident and competent new manager lots of good stuff there and she's also the host of the podcast manager track check that out as well again my name is Dave Bookbinder and I'm the one that my clients turn to when they want to know what their most important assets are worth You can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to have a conversation. Last but not least, thank you at home for watching and listening. We can't do this without you. Please crush that subscribe button. Stay in touch with all that we're up to and know when the next episode drops, which is probably next week. Until we talk again, take care. See you next time on Behind the Numbers.